Most people don't know what's holding them back, but you do because you listen to me, Sam, your self-care guru and journal junkie. Welcome to Journal Entries, your safe place where you can tune in weekly to get tips, tricks, and journal prompts to uncover your feelings, gain clarity, and make your move. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's journal entry. Full disclosure, full forewarning, we are going deep this week. I am going to be sharing stories that I don't think I've shared anywhere else, but details that I know I for sure have never shared. So it's going to be a juicy one. Also, I just recorded this whole entire episode, and then I went to go edit it in my editing app and realized that there's like this weird audio thing going on. And then I remembered that Griffin took my AirPods, which I use for recording, and dipped it in water earlier this week. (laughs) And I did the whole thing where I put it in rice to try and air it out, which works for cell phones, but I don't think it works for AirPods. I'm going to be getting a new one, but this is my second go round, which means this should be an excellent episode. All right. So this week. We are talking about memories. The idea for this episode actually came up because if you follow me on social media, you know that in my Instagram stories, which is also linked to my Facebook stories every morning, I share with you a time lapse of my journal entry. And I even share any aha moments that I may have had or a journal prompt that I used, um, really anything that might help you with your journal entries and just, I guess, a way for me to be vulnerable with you and share what I'm going through and what's going on in my world. I had a follower see this story and she asked a question. She said, isn't it hard to go back to those memories? Because my journal entry was all about revisiting a memory or memories from two years ago. And if she had this question, not just a question, but fear, right, of those memories, then other people do too. We know that memories pop up all the time. We're reminded by stories and experiences by the time of year, by a sound or a smell, or like Facebook reminds us on a daily basis what happened last year, two years ago, three years ago. Um, A friend might mention something and some memories sting. It's easy to do one of two things when a powerful memory comes up, either we tend to ignore it and stuff it down. And we're kind of like, nope, not going to deal with this. Not going down that lane right now. (laughs) Or the opposite. Or we get sucked into the moment. We're reminded of something and we just instantly go back and we feel all the feels and we potentially feel hurt again. And both are a challenging place to be. One, we're ignoring how we're feeling. The other is we are really experiencing that feeling. I believe, I know that there is a way that you can revisit 
a memory or an experience, even a potentially hurtful one, and use it to help you grow or heal or even get closure. So that's what I am going to share with you today is how I've been able to do that. The very first step, and there's only two steps, so it'll be pretty easy. (laughs) Much easier said than done. Okay, but the first step is you need to address what's causing you the pain. So the first anecdote that I'll share with you is something that I experienced when I first split up from my ex-husband. I kept feeling and just kind of like living by the phrase of, I never thought my life would end up like this, right? I'm now a 35-year-old single mom. No one ever expects to be a single mom. No one goes into a relationship expecting to come out of it a single mom. And so I was just having a really hard time with that. And just not not just that, but comparing it to what my life would have been like if I wasn't a 35-year-old single mom, right? If I was in a happy marriage with potentially more kids or even just like a thriving, supportive marriage, right? And so I just kept playing that thought. And the memory with that was my son's first birthday party. What I pictured at my son's first birthday party was me being in a happy marriage. And I even, I almost, I had this picture in my mind as if there was an outsider that snapped a photo of this birthday party and they caught me and my spouse, like embracing one another and smiling as we watch our child open presents and like both helping to cut the cake and whatnot and just feeling so much love and support all around. And I'm laughing because that was literally the opposite. I mean, there was love all around. I, I will say my family showed up. There there was love all around. But, oh, man, it was an awkward first birthday. It was the first time that I had seen my ex since he moved away six weeks prior I had planned the party. My parents had decorated the entire house. Um, I was arguing with with my ex via text message leading right up to the party. So I was super upset at him. He was upset at me. It was it was the worst. That experience and what that experience wasn't caused me so much pain and kept coming up in therapy. I couldn't get through that story without crying, actually, because I would just keep reliving it and feeling it to my core, right? And eventually, my therapist said something like, Sam, you're not going to like this, but what you have to do is go through all those memories again. So the birthday one that I just shared and any other memories that pop up that lead to the story of... I never thought my life would be like this, but this time remind yourself that it wasn't meant to be. And when she said that, it was just like this moment of, yeah, 
Like that, it just felt right because I knew, and I think I even shared this with her. It like, it wasn't, I knew that that relationship wasn't meant to be for me. I I wasn't even craving that experience, the the loving, supportive first birthday. I wasn't even necessarily craving it with my ex. I was just craving it and upset that it couldn't have been with him. I knew that he couldn't give me what I needed. So it wasn't even specific to the person. So when she said that I need to remind myself that that wasn't meant to be, it offered me a new perspective. And this is step number two understand and sometimes you might have to choose your new perspective in this case i opened up my journal and i wrote about all the memories that were specifically hard for me that once again kept circling back to that what i felt like my truth was of i never thought my life would be like this and i reminded myself quote unquote in that moment like as i was journaling it i felt, I I put myself in a position where I felt like I was reliving it. And I told myself that it wasn't my story to live out in that way, that I will be at a birthday party in a loving, supportive, happy marriage someday. It just wasn't meant to be that birthday with that relationship. And doing that helped me release it. It just felt like a breath of fresh air, where now I can get through that whole story without a single tear, without even choking up at all. And if I didn't go through that exercise, I think that it would still be one of those stories or experiences or memories that popped up. And I would always kind of like put my guard up, you know what I mean? Or be like, nope, not going to go there. And so journaling really helped me to revisit that memory, but put that new perspective on it so that I wasn't just beating myself up the whole time I was reliving it. I put a new meaning to it. And I'll give you another example. Two years ago, my ex and I were visiting Delaware. And this is literally two years ago. This was <laughs> this was a Facebook memory that popped up. So thank you, Facebook. Um, and there were so many, so many memories and moments that happened on that week-long trip that made me realize that I didn't want to be treated the way that I was being treated or raise Griffin in that dynamic. And I'm not going to share the exact stories just to preserve all of the people that were there. But the easiest way to describe the pain that I was feeling was that I felt alone in my marriage. In my journal entry, I wrote about some of the experiences that caused that, that made me feel that way of that week-long trip. And... It did bring up some emotions, like it wasn't a super easy journal entry to write, but it was it was nice to just get it off my chest. And it reminded me that I made the right choice to leave. Like I wouldn't, I'm glad that I'm not still in that relationship, that two years later, I'm back visiting Delaware, experiencing the same thing because I never said anything or because I... Or, 
did say something and nothing changed, right? It just reminded me that I did the right thing for me. And what gave me power was that I was recalling these memories that I was writing about from the new perspective of where I am now. I wasn't reliving them. I wasn't putting myself in my shoes from two years ago. I was reliving them from the perspective of, look at me now. That happened. And now I am a single mom, you know, doing the damn thing, taking care of shit, raising a toddler all on my own, who is the sweetest, like best person ever. (laughs) Like, how awesome am I? Right. So completely different perspective. And then the third example, since it is June and I'm recording this on Friday, but Sunday is father's day. So I'll be vulnerable with you and share with you my thoughts on father's day, (laughs) which there are plenty of thoughts. I feel like father's day for single moms with full custody is another Mother's Day. It should be. Like we have our kids the whole time. We're raising them to be the humans that they are. For me, I'm like, it's another day for me. And it all, it kind of makes me upset to think like, why is he getting credit? Like, yes, he is supporting Griffin financially. I'll give him that. And he does see him like a handful times of year, a handful of times a year. But like, I'm doing the work. I'm doing everything. Like, what the heck? He doesn't deserve a day. (laughs) And I've been holding on to that. Like, that's what comes up for me when I think of Father's Day. Not just that, but I've been holding on to and even reminding myself that Griffin's dad left, not just left, but moved to the opposite hemisphere of the US. Is that what you would say? Like it's the same coast, but we were living in New York as a family. Griffin and I are still in New York and Griffin's dad moved down to Florida. So (laughs) same coast, but all the way down. So I, I keep coming back to that because single parenthood with full custody is emotionally exhausting and it feels easier to blame someone. And it also is just easier to forget. It's easy for me to be nice to someone. And I I don't know if that's like a people pleaser thing, but it's easier for me to be nicer to someone than to be angry. And so I often with, with everybody forget why I was mad at them or what they did, or, um, I just lessen how it made me feel. And I wrote in my journal today that sometimes I think that I have to keep reminding myself of all of the bad that Griffin's dad did so that I can remember to stay mad at him or keep my guard up or protect myself versus defaulting to being friendly. But all of that keeps me in this lack mentality. It keeps me feeling angry. And most of all, 
it reminds me of the narrative that it could have been different, that I could have had more support and more help, and that it didn't have to be this hard. Even if we did still split up, Griffin's dad could have chosen to live closer and and played a closer role in his life and been more supportive. But that narrative doesn't feel good. And I just keep think it just keeps reminding me and makes me think of how hard all of this is. So when I'm feeling exhausted, that's what's going on in my mind. So that is exhausting. <laughs> it's just exhaustion upon exhaustion and it's not helpful. And so I was telling my friend Ashley this, everyone needs an Ashley in their life because she is the one, she was like, you need to stop. You need to snap out of that and come up with a mantra to get out of that headspace so that you can remind yourself because it's not serving you. And so here is exactly what I did. I opened up my notes app. I wrote a quick note, if you will, explaining my, the main feeling. <laughs> so this is what I wrote. Fuck you for leaving me with all the responsibility. I just wanted to, to put that there so that anytime I was feeling that way, I knew that I would, it's kind of like a trigger, like, okay, come to this note, remind myself of this. And it just felt good to put that out there. But then as soon as I wrote that, I was like, okay, clearly there's something beneath that. That's not what I actually am saying. I, I wrote, fuck you for leaving me with all the responsibility. But then I wrote, I'm actually having a hard time accepting the responsibility because it feels hard. And that felt really eye-opening for me because that's what it is. That's the key thing is acceptance of the responsibility. That's what I need to work on. And honoring that just felt like opening a door to solutions versus staying stuck in that blaming cycle. So once I honored the truth, I Googled. I Googled mantras for co-parenting. So what you will Google is different based on what you're going through. But I came up with a few mantras. I'll share some that I liked, but and then the last one is the one that I actually kept and tweaked to make my own. But here are some that I liked. I can let go of this. I show my love through quality time. I am only in control of my response, not my co-parent. And here's the one that I loved. It's hard, but it's my hard. And then I added... No one is coming to save me. I can do this. That mantra is just my reminder that it is hard. I'm honoring that, but I know, like I said earlier, that I made the right choice. And when... I put the blame on somebody else. It takes the power away from me, but also from my choice. I knew that it wasn't going to be easy, but just like 
putting it in somebody else's court, thinking of like, oh, it could have been easier, just makes me feel like a lost puppy. (laughs) So this mantra of it's hard, but it's my heart. Like I chose it. I chose to leave for me, for my son. Like this is us. This is what we're going through now. I can do this. What was the other one? I can let go of this. Like that to me is what I needed to hear. It's what I needed to type. And I'm assuming it's what I'm going to need to reread many times so that it just gets me back into the right headspace, a productive headspace. And then I did add one other mantra, which Ashley encouraged me to do that just said, plus Griffin gets a relationship with his dad, because I know that not every child has a relationship with their father for many different reasons. So it is good that Griffin does get to know his dad, you know? So there's that too. I need to remind myself of that. So here are your three steps if you are having a hard time with memories and if you want to use them to heal and to grow and to gain that new perspective and potentially get some closure. That's truly what I've felt through this process. First step, identify the the actual pain that you're feeling with the memories. Second step, choose the perspective. Third step, if applicable, Google mantras. I just realized not only is the mantra that I just shared a mantra, But technically, in that first story that I shared of how the initial truth that I kept believing was how I never thought that I would be in this place in my life. But the mantra back then was like, it wasn't meant to be. This wasn't my story. Like that phrase is what I kept coming back to. Truthfully, there was a hard time uh, three months ago, maybe not sure when, a little bit ago. Um, it was something that my ex said. And I've, I used that. I'm just remembering this now where it put me in a persp- in, into this headspace of why didn't he do that for me? Oh, this is what it was. He has a girlfriend, uh, which totally great, good for him, but he's going to therapy. And... I don't know if she got him to go to therapy or if he wanted to go to therapy, but in my head, I was like, she got him to go to therapy. And part of me is like, go girl. Awesome. (laughs) But the other part of me is like, I asked you to go to therapy X number of times and you didn't like how, why would you not do that for me? And I kept getting in my head about that. But then I came back to that statement of like, but it wasn't meant to be, he wasn't my person. And it just felt so good to be like, oh, right. Duh, and release it. It just felt so freeing of like, yeah, right. I'm good. We're good. <laughs> so mantras can really help. Last but not least, I realized that I do actually have a process of which I prompt myself. I've always just kind of thought I like, like 
willy-nilly my journal entries. Like I just kind of prompt myself based on what comes up and what feels right and whatnot. But I sat down and I was thinking like, do I say certain thing? Like prompt myself in certain ways to help me like get through it. Because I receive questions from people saying, I got stuck. What do I do? Or how do you talk about this? And so I sat down and I was like, I do. There's actually five steps that I prompt myself through every time I have a big emotion on my heart. And so I'm turning that into a pretty visual, into a PDF that will be free for you. And I'm really excited because I think that if you are journaling or if you want to journal, I think that this resource will literally tell you step-by-step how to get through it. It's going to be like super transformative, I think. And my whole goal with everything that I share about journaling and this podcast is to help you have your own revelations. So I'm super excited for that. So be on the lookout for that. But thank you so much for tuning in this week. And I hope that you had a wonderful Father's Day with any father figure in your life. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's journal entry. I love connecting with my listeners. So make sure you screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at samantha.s.says so I know you're listening. And don't forget to grab your free training and journal prompts at www.samanthapenkoff.com forward slash podcast.